Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, or whenever you may be listening. Welcome to episode 22 of the Hang Time with Helgi podcast. I am your host, Luke Algerson. You know how we do it. Five topics, unpopular opinion. Let's get right into it. First topic that I want to get to today is Major League Baseball already in jeopardy of being canceled. That's right. Major League Baseball finally got back up and running as of July 23rd, and these players are already throwing this opportunity away. Apparently, the Marlins had a ton of guys test positive for COVID-19. Mm. They finally, finally are back playing today. The Marlins are. They had to postpone 10 games. They've been out for 10 games as a reported 18 players and 21 members of the team's traveling party had tested positive for COVID-19. With some players starting to report virus symptoms during the Philly series. Just wow. Like I said, had to postpone 10 games, including a four-game home-and-home series against the Orioles. The Orioles had traveled to Miami for the series opener, but returned home after the Marlins remained in Philadelphia. This has huge ramifications for the league if a lot of these teams are blowing up in cases. And it already showed the Yankees and Phillies had to postpone a couple of games in their series because... Well, the Phillies might have possibly had COVID-19 because of these Marlins players. 18 players. And the Marlins aren't the only dumb team. The St. Louis Cardinals also aren't keeping guys healthy. I just, I find this hard to believe that these teams can be this stupid during this crazy COVID-19 pandemic. I just don't understand what they're thinking. As of Monday... The Cardinals were quarantining in Milwaukee as eight players and 13 members of the team tested positive and were showing symptoms of, they were just showing symptoms. I just, and the reports on these teams are absolutely ridiculous. I saw a report that said the Marlins were going out to a bar and partying and the same for the Cardinals. They went out to a casino. Just what are these teams thinking? The only way that this season is going to happen is if the players stand by the protocols and are smart. You got to think. You could Any of us could just go out and get COVID-19 by just going to the grocery store. If you're going to hot spots like a casino, a bar, that just increases tenfold. Uh, like the MLB is doing everything they can to keep these guys healthy. It's a tricky situation because they're not in a bubble which might be the smart way to go if they want to have postseason baseball. But it's just absolutely absurd that these players think it's a good idea to be going out during a time like this, especially in the middle of the season. Remember, the season was postponed all the way back in March, and we've had to wait till July to finally have baseball, and only a 60-game season at that. And these guys are like, you know what? It's a good time to go out. It's a good time to, you know, get some fresh air and, get out to a bar, have a couple drinks, hit on some ladies. Uh, let, let's throw down some money on the blackjack table. I just can't believe the rationale that these players have. And I got to tip my cap to Manfred. He hasn't handled a lot of things well during this hiatus that they've had in returning to baseball with how public everything has been with the disputes on money, the amount of games with the Players Association. But I love how he just comes out and says this. We are playing. The players need to be better. I am not a quitter in general, and there is no reason to quit now. We have had to be fluid, but it is manageable. It's manageable. You just got to literally do what they did. You got to shut down these teams from playing. That's the best way to go about it. You got to shut them down from playing for about a week, like the Marlins did, had to cancel 10 games. And you know what? You force that team. I'm sorry, you got to play double headers. And it sucks for the teams that have to compete against them because then they got to play double headers and play makeup games. I saw something that said they're considering seven-game, uh, double, seven-inning double headers uh, for the future, and that's what they're going to have to do because we're running out of time, people. It's already August fourth, and they want to get six another fifty games done before the end of September. It's not a lot of time to play that many games. It's a lot of baseball to happen in such a short amount of time, and then have extended postseason. It's I just can't believe these players are being so incompetent right now. 
what what are these guys thinking? Manfred acknowledged Saturday that not every team might play all 60 games this season and winning percentage could be used to determine playoff teams. He said, we've got to be flexible on that. Look, this is one of the reasons we revisited the issues off the expanded playoff. If it turns out that some guys play 60 games, some guys play 58, they have this new thing called winning percentage. We have to sort that out. It's His comments followed after the postponement of the St. Louis Cardinals-Milwaukee Brewers game. It's just this has huge ramifications if you want to make the playoffs and got to go by winning percentage. And I imagine being this, having time away, having star players like Yadier Molina is a guy for the Cardinals that tested positive. He's a big part of that team. He's one of the greatest Cardinals ever, and he has to miss multiple games. He has to miss a number of games because he had to, because his teammates or himself made the stupid decision to go out and get COVID nineteen. Now I understand it can happen at any moment. You never know what could happen. But these guys are putting them themselves and the league at huge risk if they're not even thinking. If they're not even thinking, that's why the NBA did the smart thing. Let's put them in a bubble. If you leave the bubble, you got to quarantine. MLB is just like, you can go out, go do whatever, just be smart. I think the protocols have to be properly in place, but what else can the MLB do? There's a lot of guys on the roster. It's tough to find a bubble where you can fit all 30 teams. It's a tough thing to go about doing, and especially if you're having them play out in Phoenix, 100-degree weather in the middle of the day, you're having them play baseball. That would be brutal. That would be brutal on the players. So I got to tell you, I think they're doing the best they can with what's given to them. The play, I really agree with Manfred on this one. The players have to do better. The players really have to step up and make the conscious effort to stay healthy. Realize, you could be the reason the league is canceled if you go out and get COVID-19 and start passing it around to all these other teams. I understand baseball's implemented the rules, change of ball every time it's put in play, no spitting, no fighting. I get all that. They're doing everything they can, but you never know what could happen. You never know how a fluke thing could happen where a guy gives the other team COVID-19 and then we have a breakout. At this point, we're lucky that it's just staying within teams. That has just been two teams that have had this happen to them. Because if anything, if it gets, it could be terrible. It could have huge ramifications moving forward. So I'm glad Manfred is calling out the players. And I don't like that the players are calling him out because he's doing the best that they he can with the situation given to them. So I got to side with Manfred on this. It's on the players to make sure that the season keeps going. They got to follow these guidelines. They got to just got to be aware. Got to be aware. Regular people aren't going out to bars. Regular people aren't putting themselves at risk of getting COVID-19. These players got to do the same if they want to have a season and manage to finish it out and decide who a world champion is going to be later this year. So step up, players. Figure it out. Don't make stupid decisions and put yourself at high risk. It just makes the league look bad and makes yourselves look bad as well. So MLB, please step up and do something about these players being so reckless, please. And it's also on the players. Police yourselves. You got to police yourselves. That's a big thing. Topic number two that I want to get to. Anyone's This Pac-12 thing is quite interesting. I would recommend everyone to go check out the Players' Tribune article, hashtag we are united. And it's an absolutely great article. came out the August 2nd, and it just is the Pac-12 thing giving demands to protect and benefit both scholarship and walk-on athletes. And they list what they, those demands are. Let's start with them. I'll just read them down. Number one, health and safety protections. COVID-19 protections. Number one, allow options not to play during the pandemic without losing athletic eligibility or spot on team's roster. Number two, prohibit slash void COVID-19 agreements that waive liability. Mandatory safety and standards include COVID-19 measures. Player approved health and safety standards enforced by third party, selected by players to address COVID-19 as well as serious injuries, abuse, and death. Number two, protect all sports. Preserve all existing sports by eliminating excessive expenditures. 
Larry Scott, administrators and coaches to voluntarily and drastically reduce excessive pay and performance slash academic bonuses and lavish facility and expenditures and use some endowment funds to preserve all sports. As an example, Stanford University should reinstate all sports discontinued by tapping into their $27.7 billion endowment. I agree with that. Like, the universities have to step up. This isn't just all on the athletic departments. Athletic departments bring in a lot of money. These universities have to go one and one. And people would think they're one and the same. No. I've worked at multiple athletic departments throughout the country. Menlo College, small and high school, right by Stanford University, as well as UCF. The Knights here in Orlando, Florida. Also Embry-Riddle. Aeronautical University in Daytona Beach. I've worked at these schools. I've worked within the athletic departments. You are not connected with the school. The school kind of ignores athletics altogether. It's on the athletic department. They're, re- they're really separate departments, and they're listed that way, and they're created that way. The relationships aren't always spectacular when it comes to the school side of things and the athletic side of things. And clearly, Stanford showed that by just discontinuing 11 sports. So these players have every right to speak out and want to have their opportunity to play because the, the school's giving them scholarships. That's money. The school needs to invest in these athletes, in their students. If they're supposedly student athletes first, got to look out for the student athletes. You got to look out for them because they bring in a lot of money to your, your university and just to turn the cold shoulder on them is pretty downright disrespectful, especially for a university like Stanford to just be like, you know what, we're just getting rid of 11 sports. You know, we don't need it. That's, that's absolutely ridiculous to me. Their third thing, end racial injustice in college sports and society. Form a permanent civic engagement task force made up of our leaders, experts of our choice, and university and conference administrators to address outstanding issues such as racial injustice in college sports and in society. In partnership with the Pac-12, 2% of the conference revenue would be directed by players to support financial aid for lower-income black students, community initiatives, and develop programs for college athletes on each campus. Three, form an annual Pac-12 Black College Athletes Summit with guaranteed representation of at least three athletes of our choice from every school. I agree. You got to invest back in the communities. A lot of these athletes are African American and lower income students. Like they just are. They come from poor backgrounds with, you know, this is their opportunity to succeed and to go to school. And if these universities are turning their shoulder to them, giving them the cold shoulder, it's downright disrespectful and unacceptable. And I'm really glad these players are, and these college athletes are coming together and speaking about, out about these, you know, injustices. Because it is true, athletes are taken advantage of and abused at these college campuses, whether it's physical, mental, all of it. They're just, they're not doing them any favors. You got to help out your student athletes, take care of these people. And that goes to this, number four, economic freedom and equity, guaranteed medical expense coverage, medical insurance selected by players for sports-related medical conditions, included COVID-19 illnesses to cover six years after college athletic eligibility ends. Name, image, and likeness, rights, and representation. The freedom to secure representation, receive basic necessities for any third party to earn money, use of our name, image, likeness, and right. Before I go any further, this should absolutely be a thing. It's unacceptable that we don't allow these people to make money. Every college student can go out and make their own YouTube page. They can go sell T-shirts of, with their name on it if they want, if they somehow make money on it. Good for them. All college students can go out and get a job, but who can't? College athletes. They don't have the time. They're not allowed to attend events because they don't have free time. They're not allowed to make money off their likeness, even though they bring in millions upon millions of dollars to universities all around the country. Again, these universities turn a blind eye to these athletes and don't do them any favors. Oh, but they're giving them a free education. It's not always free. Not always free when you're struggling. Not always free. It's, it doesn't always work that way. And not a lot of college athletes get scholarships. A lot of these people are walk-on who compete for the, who really put in the time to compete at the highest athletic competitions within college sports. Not everyone is a scholarship athlete. Not everyone even gets a full scholarship. 
So you got to allow these players to make money on themselves just simply by letting them use their image and likeness and name. Like every these universities who sell these players jerseys, like let's say Trevor Lawrence, for instance. You know Clemson in their bookstore has got to be selling number 16 jerseys all over the bookstore, online, wherever they can to make money. And But it doesn't say Trevor Lawrence on it. He's not seeing a penny of that, yet he sees those jerseys all over the stadium, and he's got to wonder, where where's that money going? It's not going to my pocket, but that's me. That's who they're supporting. They're supporting me. They're liking me. So you got to allow these players to make money. It's unacceptable. Let's continue on. Fair market pay rights and freedoms. Distribute 50% of each sport's total conference revenue evenly among athletes in their respective sports. Six-year athletic scholarships to foster undergraduate and graduate degree completion. Elimination of all policies and practices restricting or deterring our freedom of speech, our ability to fully participate in charitable work, and our freedom to participate in campus activities outside of mandatory athletic participation. Ability of players of all sports to transfer one time without punishment, and additionally in cases of abuse or serious negligence. Ability to complete eligibility after participating in a pro draft if a player goes undrafted and foregoes professional participation within seven days of the draft. Due process rights. And what's so great about this is this can happen. A lot of these Pac-12 schools are in California, and California is a union state. They can make a union if they really wanted to take it to that level. It would be very possible to do it in California. Yeah, not everyone in that conference is in California, but of a lot of the states are union. So this is a very possible thing that they could hold out until all of these measures are met. And I'm glad one of these conferences is stepping up and speaking on the injustices that the NCAA and colleges around the country are abusing these players, not allowing them to make money, taking advantage of them, not looking out for them medically. It's, it's an atrocity what the NCAA does to their student-athletes. And they always, oh, we look out for the best interests of their student-athletes. No, you don't. If you did, you would allow them to make money off their likeness. And I don't know about paying them outright as far, but if they're doing it like that, it seems they figured out a way to do this. I imagine there's a lawyer who's on their team doing this who maybe was a former athlete Distribute 50% of each sport's total conference revenue evenly among athletes in their respective sports? Yeah. Student athletes are the only people who, don't get, who can get paid at colleges. Everyone else, the teachers, the administrators, even the people who work within the athletic departments are getting checks. I know. I, work, I worked within UCF. I worked at Embry-Riddle. People are getting paid that, that are benefiting off these athletes who don't get paid. Oh, they're doing what they love. Yeah, so am I by watching these athletes compete. That's what happens. But you got to allow them to make money for themselves. you got to protect these players. And I think it's fantastic that this one conference is doing this. And this could have huge ramifications moving forward for college athletics. If other programs and other schools and student athletes are deciding, hey, look what the Pac-12 is doing. Why don't we put something together? Because, you know, it's even bigger. The Pac-12 is a Power 5 conference, but you know who brings in more money than the Pac-12? Big 10, SEC, maybe even the Big 12. Those are big-time colleges that are there that make huge money off these athletes and don't do them any favors. We only see the athletes who get drafted and play on Sunday in the NFL or play in the NBA. Maybe a few who even play Major League Baseball. But we don't see the other athletes who pr- compete in, let's say, track and field, lacrosse, swimming and diving. There's all these other teams that you don't see that are involved with athletic departments around the country. You just don't see or hear about it because they're not the primetime sports. But they still compete. And you got you to gotta help these college students out. They struggle just like every other college student. They just happen to compete in a sport. So you got to protect these players. So I'm 100% on the student-athlete side with this. you got to protect the players, and I'm glad. Hashtag we are united. I'm with them. I'm with them. Allow them to make money off their likeness. you got to protect them, especially 
health and safety is big time, especially during a pandemic that we're dealing with right now. It's good that these players are speaking out, especially when all these conferences are going to conference only. It's a good time for players to do this. Great time for players to do this. So I absolutely love it. Good for you, Pac-12. Good for you. Topic number three. Basketball is back, people, and it is exciting. It is absolutely thrilling what's going on. First, I just want to run down the games that happened today. Devin Booker, game winner against the Clippers. It was an unbelievable shot. It was an unbelievable game. Really fun to watch. And that has huge implications on the eight seed and ninth seed that's current in the race that's currently happening in the Western Conference. Uh, there, this race is tighter than... Uh, I, Whatever you want to describe it as, <laughs> whatever you want to describe it as, it is a tight-knit race. Every team has a chance right now. If you just go look at the standings with Memphis losing to Portland last night, uh, it's just so close right now. Every single team, two-game lead over Portland right now. Let's see. I think the Spurs also have just are two games back. So, yeah. So Memphis currently holds that eight seed. As of right now, with all the tiebreakers, Portland holds the ninth seed. They're two games back. Spurs, two games back. Pelicans, two and a half back. Suns have yet to lose in the bubble. They're three and oh, are just three back. And remember that ninth seed only needs to be four back. There's a 98% chance, or I would even at this point say it's going to be a 100% chance that there will be a play-in series for that eight spot to see who gets to play the Lakers since they clinched the number one spot last night against the Utah Jazz. It is 100% going to happen that one of these teams is going to go against Memphis, Portland, Spurs, Pelicans, Suns. At this point, the Kings are outside looking in. They're only three and a half back. They just lost to the Mavericks earlier tonight, but... This is huge. Like, this really matters. These games are really important. So I got to give props to the NBA for coming up with this idea. They really do their due diligence on everything. It's why it's the most popular and up-and-coming league as of right now. And I don't mean popular as in viewership because, of course, the NFL dominates that realm of the world. But it's an up-and-coming sport. You check out social media, you would assume it is the most popular sport with all the highlights that they post and all the views and likes that it gets. But... This is a tight-knit race, and this is a big game that I'm watching right now. Portland's playing against Houston. Second quarter, game's going right now. Portland wins 30, is winning 36-28, but this game matters for seeding, and especially with Memphis losing, Portland could get within a game. They could bring it within a game of Memphis, and maybe they could even, before these eight games are up, could overtake the Grizzlies for that eight spot, and somehow it could be the Trailblazers playing the Spurs. Uh, th this is far from over from being decided. I think on the other side, it's already set in stone. I think even though the Nets did beat the Bucks today, I still think Orlando is going to snag that seven spot. Nets are going to get that eight spot. Either way, they're both going to lose in the first round. But this Western Conference is playing out very nicely. Obviously, the dream matchup is they won't Pelican it's got to be Pelicans against the Lakers. The new, new bull Zion against the GOAT LeBron James. Obviously, that's the NBA's dream matchup. But I think any of these teams that make it will, you know, not necessarily beat the Lakers, but some of them will be very interesting matchups. I think Portland is, could be very dangerous against them with their backcourt of CJ and Dame. No one really in the Lakers' backcourt is the defender that can stop either of those guys. So... I just think it's going to – how it's going to play out is going to be very nicely. I'm very excited. It's just props to you, NBA. Way to get this puppy right. Way to get this puppy right. And the reason I think Portland is going to be the team uh, getting that – winning it, just because Nurkic is back, he's looking fantastic. Zach Collins is back. They're playing Melo at the three, bringing Whiteside off the bench. They just cause a lot of problems for a lot of teams out there. And Nurkic is, he's great. He, I didn't think he was going to be this good coming back just because of the injury, but wow. He's been fantastic for Portland. He scored 30-plus in their last game where they came back from 24 down against the Celtics. It was an unbelievable game. 
and they're all playoff games. That's what I really love about this. All of these games that we're watching are pretty much playoff games because they matter big time for seeding. And we can just run it down real quick. These games have huge ramifications for seeding. Clippers, only a one-game lead over the Nuggets for that two spot. So the Nuggets could possibly jump them. Rockets are just two and a half back of that two spot. And they're only a half a game and a half back of the Nuggets for the three. Jazz are a half game back. And they're sitting at the five. The Thunder are a half game back of the Jazz at 10. And the Mavericks are just two back of the Thunder. The, all of these games matter. Everything is kind of must-win at this point for all of these teams, except for the Lakers and the Bucks, because they've already clinched. But in this Western Conference, every game is important. Every game is a playoff game. you got to play it like it's your last, because it could have lasting impact for the remainder of the season. I mean, this is the Blazers' third game. They only got five games left, and they got to make up two. they got to make up two games, so... Very possible, but a tough road for all these teams ahead. I'm just so glad that the NBA decided to have them play games to decide seating and do all this. Just fantastic, fantastic, Adam Silver. This is why you're the best commissioner in sports by far. You just, they, just so due diligent with everything, allowing these players to speak out on Black Lives Matter, letting them use their voice, and then coming up with this bubble system that, None of these other leagues seem to want to do except for the NHL, while the MLB and NFL are like, no, nah, we're not doing that. Well, it's working for the NBA. They're getting zero positive tests, and then they got eight games that feel like playoff games until we go right into the playoffs. Mm. B-E-A, beautiful. I love it. Let's go. NBA is back. Topic number four. <sighs> Cam Newton. It was photo day the other day for Mr. Cam Newton, and we finally got to see his first image in the New England Patriots. And what I want to talk to about Cam Newton is I can't believe so many teams overlook this man. The former MVP. Granted, yep, MVP season was back in 2015. You know, led the Panthers to a 15-1 record, made it all the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah, he had two costly turnovers for them, had a chance to win it late. Fumbled the ball, Von Miller strip. But he's still, I think, a top-tier quarterback, definitely top 15 for sure. You could argue even higher, but I'm going to at least give him that nod. If he's healthy, definitely top 15. If he's 100% healthy and doing what he, we know that he can do and what he's shown he's capable of, I think he's top 10 for sure, uh, without even a debate. But how many teams passed on this guy and went in other directions. Just think about it. I'm going to talk about the Chicago Bears and what they did. They traded for Nick Foles' contract. Ryan Pace decided, forget Cam Newton. Panthers are going to release him. Let's go trade for Nick Foles and trade a fourth-round pick for him and take that contract on because, oh, he showed that he could step in and win a Super Bowl in Philadelphia. Well, I haven't seen Nick Foles be anywhere good outside of Philadelphia. Remember, he played for the Rams for a little bit too and then had to go back to Philly to gain his worth. And then he went to Jacksonville and was injured and was terrible and was benched for a rookie, Gardner Minshew, who actually stepped up and surprised me and showed that he has some capability at the NFL quarterback position. But that's who the Bears are turning to in to replace Trubisky, to have a quarterback competition, you're going to bring in Nick Foles? Mm, just awful. And don't forget, Andy Dalton was signed to the Cowboys as a backup. Just a lot of these teams went in other directions. To th and Phillip Rivers got a huge contract from the Colts, got over $20 million. And I think he's way past his prime, and he's declining quickly. And last year showed that, that the Chargers were irrelevant, and that's why they got, didn't re-sign him and, and drafted. Um, well, how am I spacing his name? Play, Oregon quarterback uh, Justin Herbert. There it go. It, it'll come to me eventually. So they moved in a new direction. Tyrod Taylor's the projected starter. Even Jacksonville. like They're just like, you know what? Let's give the starting job Gardner Minshew. Your time to shine, baby. Here we go. Run the O. All these teams passed on Cam Newton and looked at him. And here's the quote from Cam. Every team at one point had to say, okay, fellas, Cam Newton, what are we thinking? 
eh, pass. And he says, I'm going at next all year. How could you not? How could you not? Now, I think, will he be the day one starter? Well, with training camp being delayed and all the things still trying to be negotiated and worked out with COVID-19 and the pandemic and the NFL getting everything down for safety protocols, will he be the week one starter? I think he's by far better than Jared Stidham. It's not even close. And if he's given the opportunity, I think he will come for next. He's going to play with a chip on his shoulder. How could he not? Every team passed. Every team passed. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, he's still a free agent. Bill Belichick does the most Bill Belichick thing. You know, let's bring in Cam Newton. Let's bring him in. Uh, Low contract, the earn it contract. Uh, He gets a one-year deal showing that maybe he can still play in this league and sign a bigger deal. It just... I just can't believe all these teams passed on him with all the talent that he has. Now, can he stay healthy? That's the big thing. He hasn't managed to stay healthy the past few years, but gosh, he just went healthy. He is absolutely spectacular out there. I just can't believe all the teams that passed on him. I really can't, and especially the Bears. It's just the Bears have the Super Bowl roster. They have the Super Bowl defense. And yet, nope, let's, we're going to keep running it with Trubisky and bring in a quarterback challenger and Nick Foles, who, who's never won outside of Philadelphia and never shown that he can really stay on the field and been healthy. At least Cam has shown he can be an MVP when healthy. You know, the other two guys just, ugh, I haven't really seen any production out of the other two guys to make me believe that they can go far in the playoffs. The Bears are the big reason why I think this. I just can't believe all these. And I can't believe Carolina just wrote him off. I understand new coach doing it. They want to do a different thing. You know, it's McCaffrey's team now. They brought in Bridgewater, but they signed Bridgewater to a huge deal. You know, it's not like they just, and then they just release Cam. Just they did him dirty. And these other teams, I just, I really don't know what they're thinking. Like Washington, Ron Rivera coming in, you would think maybe he would think of signing Cam Newton. No, it's like, no, I'm going to trust in Dwayne Haskins. A little development, we're going with the young buck. At least Alex Smith is cleared to play after that horrific leg injury. But I just find it so hard to believe that these teams are just, were so easily given up on Cam Newton and just don't believe in him. After all the other backups in the league that are out there, to not even put him on a roster and give him a chance to compete, I really do. I think if Cam Newton's fully healthy, he can be the difference maker for a team, whether it's going far in the playoffs and even winning a Super Bowl. More so than Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky. I can tell you that. More so than them. Because they're frustrating to watch. And I've never seen Foles in a Bears jersey, but I can tell you it's going to be frustrating. Trubisky's already a headache enough by not being able to hit guys 10 yards down the field. I, I just really wonder what, the, what some of these teams are deciding to go with. And now I'm hearing with the Chargers, Herbert's not even going to start week one. Apparently Tyrod Taylor is going to be the guy to, for them to start, and Herbert's going to learn. How could you not bring in Cam Newton, former MVP? It's like if you know Herbert's not going to start and is going to be the backup I like Cam way more than I like Tyrod. I, mm. I really don't know how these teams just gave up so quickly on a f- former MVP. It's an absolute disrespect to him. And frankly, it's an absolute disrespect to African-American quarterbacks as a whole because there are some guys like Chase Daniels who have made a career off of being a backup and getting big contracts that they do not deserve after playing one game. I mean, like Case Keenum is still in the league. You know, Joe Flacco is on the Jets, and he has a bigger contract than Cam Newton. I just really do not understand how the league can disrespect a former MVP like this. Mm. And it's not like these other guys have shown that they can play at a high level either. You know, there's a reason they're backups. But I think Cam can be a solidified starter in this league. So, mm. Mm -mm -mm. I really think he's coming for heads this year. So go get him, Cam. Make it happen. Prove the haters wrong. Prove the haters wrong. Topic number five, you know, sports are back all together, and another sport that is back with the MLB, NBA, the NHL. They decided to go with the bubble system, playing in Edmonton and Toronto, and what they're doing, 
what they are doing, I absolutely love. You know, they got the 2014 playoff format. Here's how it works. Already started games, but I want to explain it for the the non-NHL fans out there who need to pay attention. Hockey's an awesome sport. Hockey is absolutely incredible, and people should get more into it, and it should be more popular. And it's a shame that the commissioner, whoever he is, I don't know his name, how he doesn't advertise his sports as much as hockey should get way more notoriety than it does. It's absolutely criminal what they do to these athletes. Yeah, hockey guys are a little weird and a little quirky, for sure. But hockey deserves way more recognition in the national spotlight because they're animals out there. They're absolute beasts. They do it all. Skating is already difficult enough to be hitting slap shots at that speed to the way they can handle the puck, skate backwards, forwards, sideways. What what they're able to do out there on the ice is unbelievable. And then you got guys who want to just beat your head in. They're smacking you with a stick. They're checking you against the boards. They're ready to beat your face in, and they let them fight. Hockey is – I'm surprised it doesn't get enough attention here in America with how popular the UFC is. I really don't understand. I, hockey deserves more credit. But anyway, I digress. So this is the 2014 playoff format. Uh, there's a round robin that pertains to the seeding for the top four teams in each conference. The qualifying round has previously been referred to as a play-in round. Toronto hosts the Eastern Conference, and uh, Edmonton hosts the Western Conference. So here's the round robin. The top four teams play for the first round seeding. Regular season overtime rules in effect. The qualifying round, the remaining eight teams play a best of five series to advance to the first round of the playoffs. Playoff overtime rules in effect. First and second round format, seeding versus bracket. Uh, Series lengths will be best of seven. Conference finals and the Stanley Cup finals, best of seven, will take place at the Roger Place in Edmonton. The winner from the qualifying round play the top four seeds in the first round. Individual first round series matchups um, remain to be determined. And the, the games have been great. I've watched the Blackhawks play the Oilers. McDavid's an absolute beast for the Oilers. He had a hat trick last night. You know, I I really do recommend everyone to tune into the games. We'll break down um, real quick just who the teams are. So in the Eastern Conference round, Robin, we got the number one seed Boston Bruins, uh, number two Tampa Bay Lightning, number three Washington Capitals, number four Philadelphia Flyers. Um, so they already started playing on August 2nd. Flyers beat the Bruins 4-1. August 3rd, Lightning uh, beat the Capitals 3-2 in a shootout. Uh, tomorrow... August 5th, Lightning versus the Bruins at 4 p.m. August 6th, Capitals versus Flyers. August 8th, Flyers versus Lightning. August 9th, Bruins versus Capitals. And then the matchup there on down, the number five seed, Pittsburgh Penguins are playing the Montreal Canadiens. Game one was taken by the Canadiens 3-2 over the Penguins. Game two, Penguins won 3-1. Game three is tomorrow night at 8 p.m., and then game four, August 7th, game five, August 8th. And then the 6-11 um, seed uh, matchup is the Carolina Hurricanes against the New York Rangers. Uh, Hurricane lead that 2-0 as of right now. Um, they won game 1-3-2 against the Rangers and then 1-4-1. So one more win and they're, they're moving on. They're moving on. And then number seven, New York Islanders against the Florida Panthers. Islanders have a 2-0 lead there. Game three tomorrow. And I forgot to mention that the 6-11 matchup is going on right now. That matchup going on right now, 8 p.m., Hurricane against the Rangers. Uh, So like I said, let's get back. Number seven, number 10, Islanders against Panthers. Islanders lead that 2-0. And then the number eight, nine matchup, Toronto Maple Leafs against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, Blue Jackets won game one, two, nothing. Maple Leafs won game two, three, nothing. Uh, Game three, August 6th. So in two days, let's move over to the Western Conference round robin. St. Louis Blues, Colorado Avalanche, Vegas Golden Knights, Dallas Stars are your one, two, three, and four teams. Uh, how the games have break breaking down so far. August 7th, Avalanche beat the Blues 2-1. August 3rd, Golden Knights 5-3 over the Stars. On August 5th, 
which is tomorrow. The Avalanche will play the Stars. August 5th, Golden Knights against the Blues. August 8th, Golden Knights versus the Avalanche. And then August 9th, Stars versus the Blues. And then this has been a fun matchup to watch. The one I've been watching, number five, Edmonton Oilers versus Chicago Blackhawks. Blackhawks won game one, 6-4. Like I said yes, uh, yesterday, McDavid, a hat trick. Uh, they won 6-3, Oilers did. Uh, game three is tomorrow, and uh, game four and five, August 7th and 8th. And then let's move to the n- number six, number 11 matchup, National Nashville Predators against the Arizona Coyotes. Coyotes won game one, four, three. Predators won game two, four, two. Game three is August 5th at 2.30. Game four, August 7th. Game five, August 9th. And then number seven versus number 10 matchup, Vancouver Canucks against the Minnesota Wild. Wild won the game one, uh, three, nothing. And then they're playing tonight uh, for game two at 10 45 p.m. and uh, game three will be August 6th. Game four will be August 7th, and game five will be the ninth. And then the final round robin game, uh, number eight, Calgary Fire against the Winnipeg Jets. The Flames won game one, four, one, and then game two, Jets took that one, three, two. Game three tonight already going on. Game four will be August 6th. Game five will be the eighth. I absolutely, hockey, like I said, just doesn't get enough recognition. I'd recommend everyone to tune in because the games are exciting. They matter moving forward for the playoffs. I think they got a great format, include as many teams as possible, give the all the teams the best opportunity to win. It's fantastic what they decided to do. I think the bubble is the best way to go about it uh, moving forward with sports right now. You got to contain these players. You got to put them in a bubble. Make sure they're not doing anything reckless because the MLB showed real quick. Just in the first series, apparently, Marlins players are already going out to bars getting turned up. It's just, you got to have some sense. Got to have some sense out there. So I think the best way, just put these guys in a bubble, lock them down. NBA's shown it's effective. No positive tests. Zero positive tests in the NBA right now. No one in that bubble has the coronavirus as far as we know. So just you got to go to it. I'd recommend MLB might have to go to it for the playoffs. I know a lot of people are calling for that. And at this point, I think that might have to be the best way to go about it. If you want to crown a champion, it's just going to – you got to do it. And uh, it's working for the NHL too. You know, they're playing games. And they matter, too. Best of five series. It's great. Dear Lord, people, watch hockey. Watch hockey. And the ratings have been good for all of these events, even for NASCAR. The, the game, people want to watch sports. Sports have been great. The ratings have never been higher. People are really paying attention to what's going on in sports right now. And why wouldn't they? Nothing else is going on. You got nothing else to worry about. Why don't you go watch yourself some sports? Pay attention, people. Pay attention. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Sport, they're back, baby. Sports are back. So tune into hockey. You know, expand your horizons, especially now. You got nothing better to do. Expand those horizons. Tune into some hockey. NBC, USA, all those channels, they got it covered. They'll hook you up. Pay attention. It's it's a great sport that doesn't get enough attention. And I don't, you know, I, don't, I couldn't name all the players out there. It's not like the NBA where I know the faces of guys, but uh, you got to know who a few guys are. Everyone knows who Crosby is out there. A- everyone knows who Alex Ovechkin is. You know, Connor McDavid, pay attention to him. You know, there's some good hockey players out there, and I think we need to appreciate them as athletes more because it, hockey, I think it's the most difficult sport out there. And like I said does not get the attention that it deserves. So go tune into some hockey, damn it. Those are the five topics. Now let's move on to my unpopular opinion here on August 4th of 2020. And my unpopular opinion, when people say sports are boring, I I just shake my head in disapproval. I don't think there is a boring sport out there. Every sport has some form of entertainment and is exciting, whether you like it or not. And 
I'm a big proponent of baseball. As you can see, I talk about baseball pretty much every podcast episode. I did a whole baseball episode when it was opening day. I, I love baseball. I played it my whole life. It, it's a sport that just doesn't get enough credit. You know, that whole America's pastime thing, eh. I don't know that much about that. It was super popular back in the olden days. I wish more people paid attention to baseball. But a thing that it gets ripped on, oh, people just love to say, oh, baseball's boring. Oh, it's boring. It's so boring watching guys out. All they're doing is standing around out there. No, you just don't know what what you're looking at. You don't know what you're paying attention to. I pitched. So if... You, as a baseball player, know. If you're a baseball fan, you know that every pitch is a new play. Just like in football, every snap is a play. Every pitch in baseball is a different play, and anything can happen. Every time I watch a game, I see something new every single time that I've never seen before in a game previous to that. There's always something new. And again, you don't know what you're looking at. You don't know how difficult it is to hit a 100-mile-an-hour fastball, and then the guy on his next pitch will throw an 81-mile-an-hour curveball and then go back to that 100-mile-an-hour fastball. You don't know how difficult baseball is until you're actually standing out there and having the ball thrown at you or thrown to the catcher and you happen to be standing in the batter's box. It's extremely difficult, which it doesn't get enough credit for how difficult it is Baseball savants know how difficult it is because they play it, they see it, they watch it. But you fans who just go to games and you're like, this is boring. You don't know what you're looking at. You're not paying attention to the details. This applies the same thing to soccer. I hear all the time here in the States, soccer is boring, soccer is boring. No, there's a reason it's the most popular sport in the world. Because it's an unbelievable sport. Football, as they call it, overseas It's the most popular sport in the world by far. The World Cup is the most watched sporting event all time. It beats the Super Bowl. People love soccer, and there's a reason why. It's a beautiful game. Again, you don't know what you're looking at. You don't know the footwork that they're doing, that the passes, the precision that they got to do, the physicality. Do they flop? Maybe a little to get the call, but it's a beautiful game. Again, you don't understand the offensive schemes, the defensive schemes. You just don't know what you're looking at. You would be what I call a casual if you're just, oh, I don't know what I'm looking at. Well, that's why it's boring. You don't know what you're watching. You don't know what to look for. You don't know the guys to watch. Yeah, it's very easy to pay attention to guys like Messi, Ronaldo when it comes to soccer, Neymar. You know, the list goes on with superstars. Yeah, if you watch them and see how fast they are, the footwork that they do, the things that they do to get open, the precision that the passing has to be to get them open, to give them a good look, their dribbling ability with the soccer ball, their coordination. You're you're literally just not paying attention to what's going on. You're not paying attention to the details when it comes to these sports. Open your eyes, people. Pay attention. You know, and the reason I I gotta tell you, I wasn't that big a soccer fan. I played it when I was young growing up, and then eventually I went overseas, saw how passionate the fans were about it, saw Barca win the World Cup. That was all the way back in 2015, though, and that has kind of grown my fondness towards soccer. And then I started working at these college, within these college athletic departments, and you see the time, the effort that these athletes put into it, how good just these NAIA athletes are compared to these Division II athletes who are even better, and then compare them to these D1 athletes who are even better. And then you got to think about how good the professionals are. You really just don't know what you're watching when you call these sports boring. You really don't. This comes to NASCAR, too. Everyone loves to just say, oh, they're just driving in circles. Have you yourself ever just, everyone's gone over the speed limit before, but have you ever gone really fast? Like, a lot of people are like, oh, I went 100 miles an hour. That's fast. Yeah, double that. NASCAR guys are going 200 miles an hour. They're going even faster in uh, Formula One. They're going 200 plus on some of those straightaways. It's not just turning it in circles the whole time. There's a whole strategy to it. There's a reason there are pit crews and crew chiefs and teams, and there's a reason they're communicating with each other to see who's coming up on you and who your teammates are and how, how you can make passes, when to make passes. There's entire strategies to NASCAR that you're not paying attention to because you're just watching and you're just like, hmm, the car is just going in circles. I drive my car all the time. Yeah, you're not driving it hundreds of miles an hour at close proximity to each other. 
You know, in the, when you're driving on the highway and you're going, you know, 70, 80 miles an hour and you get in close quarters with semis and minivans and you're like, wow, this is close. You know, you got to be careful out here. Well, times that by a thousand with NASCAR drivers who are literally inches away from each other, making these turns, making these passes. It, it's precision. They are athletes. You ever tried to turn a steering wheel going high speeds? It's not easy to do. It's extremely difficult. Again, when it comes to you casual fans, you don't know what you're watching. This is why I think every sport brings some excitement to the table. You know, NBA, NHL is a little different. It's constant action. Things are always happening that you can see on the floor. You see guys running up and down, skating up and down the ice. You know, shots are going up left and right. It's how the game works. It's just that kind of game. You know, soccer's not like that. The guys aren't just shooting. You're just like, why don't they shoot? Well, it's like, well, it's not that easy because the goalkeeper's right there. Well, the defenders are right there. It's not that easy to square up for a shot and generate that power from that far away. Again, you don't know what you're looking at. I think every sport out there brings some excitement and enjoyment to people. Whether you like it or not, you have to at least appreciate it. That's what I don't think every sports fan really appreciates. Every sports fan could be like, I love the NFL. Oh, soccer's boring. It's like, no, it's not. You don't know what you're watching. You don't know what you're looking at. You don't know what you're paying attention to. Again, with baseball, I talk to people all the time. Baseball's boring. Have you ever stood in the batter's box when 100 miles is coming past you? Have you ever had a screaming line drive hit at you while you're standing at third base ready to play defense? Have you ever tried to hit the ball 400 feet have you ever tried to make a diving play in the outfield? No, you don't. You don't. Have you ever tried to pitch? Have you, you see how average Joes just go out there? Like Dr. Anthony Fauci, opening night, threw out the first pitch. Di- didn't even get it close to home plate, just a bit outside. It wasn't just a bit outside. It was a few feet outside. It just People overlook how incredible sports are and just love to brush it off as, oh, these sports are boring they're not fun. They're not entertaining. No. Again, you don't know what you're looking at. And that's my unpopular opinion. All sports are great. <laughs> I don't want to say it, but all sports matter. That's right. All sports matter. Just like black lives matter, all sports matter. And on that, that's the end of episode 22 of the Hang Time with Helgi podcast. Stay tuned. More episodes are coming, I promise. Check out my social media pages. Check out my website. My website is on my social media pages. Feel free to hit me up if you ever want to talk sports. And remember, during this COVID-19 pandemic, wash your damn hands. And also, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. All right, I'm out. Peace.